I'm Emma. And I'm Helena, and we both work at the MS Trust. Just a little disclaimer, we're recording this over Zoom uh, because of corona and social distancing, so apologies if the sound is a little bit iffy at any stage. Please do bear with us. We'd like to welcome you to our podcast, Multiple Sclerosis, Breaking It Down, and this new series that we've called Me, MS Self and I, which focuses on people with MS stories over the past year. So why have we chosen this topic? Well, the last 12 months have been unlike any other in so many ways. On top of the social restrictions, worries about job security and the health of family and friends, people with MS have also had to contend with delays to the MS services they rely on. The MS Trust want to highlight the people and faces behind the statistics. We want to impress the urgent need to get MS services back on track by showing that there's a human story behind each person mentioned in these figures. So in this series, we'll be meeting some different people with MS and hearing their stories from the past year. And in today's episodes, we'll be talking about how getting creative can help with a bunch of various things. So this is interesting because we quite often hear a lot about how learning new skills can be good for you. But how can that help specifically if you have MS? So about half people of all people that have MS will at some point have trouble with thinking. Uh, personally, I get a dreaded cog fog at the time, like cognition fog, uh, where it feels like my brain is like swimming around in porridge. <laughs> it's not it's not pleasant. Um, but taking sort of steps to maximize your brain health can help protect against cognitive decline, as they say. And there's actually a whole website that's all, all dedicated to MS brain health, uh, which is an interesting one. And if you go to that website, you can read that education, reading, hobbies and artistic or creative pastimes help to protect against cognitive problems in MS when pursued over a lifetime. So I guess that makes it a bit like exercise, sort of the more you do it, the fitter you get. Yeah. And I think during lockdown, there's definitely been a bit of a fitness craze, hasn't there? <laughs> but exercising the brain is just as important as the rest of the body. Do you have any hobbies, Emma, or did you learn any new skills during lockdown? Um, I mean, I suppose like the rest of, um, well, a lot of the people at the Trust, I've uh, taken up running. I'm not particularly good at it, um, but I try my best. And um, I've been using an app on my phone to try and revitalize my Spanish skills from when I learned that at GCSE um, and bring them a bit more up to scratch. Not that we'll be able to use them for a little while, but hopefully one day in the future I can practice those. Oh, it's good to kind of prepare yourself for going on holiday. <laughs> I like that. Um, and how about you? Well, I mean, I have been doing running as well, um, but I was doing that beforehand. And I guess I've been doing the really cliche things like, you know, baking the banana breads and the a uh, lot of so sourdoughs, you know, going in and feeding my sourdough um, starter and talking to that for uh, like a your you know, having conversation with your bread. <laughs> I don't know if that's good for your cognition or not. But uh, but I also found that I started watching a lot of other people being creative. And that was kind of interesting for me as well. Because I had a few friends that started streaming things. So like making music or like animating, doing all kinds of things. I mean, a lot of streamers tend to be gamers but uh but this was sort of different different things so i'd sit and watch them and then like chat with the other viewers um, and the person who is streaming as well and it was really nice to have that sort of social interaction again even if it was a different thing oh wow that sounds great so is that what your chant with ant is all about should we have a listen yeah let's During lockdown, a lot of people started doing things online. And there was online baking courses, there was yoga, DJing, 
DJing and all sorts. The online platform Twitch saw people t- taking to the platform for other things than gaming, which it's mostly been u- used for in the past. I am here today with Anne Chapman, audio and music producer, educator and musician who uses the platform for gaming, but also for making music. I've been tuning into these uh, sessions and listening, and um, he's created a great little community by people who show up uh, every week to m- watch him make some beats. Hi, Ant. Thanks Hello. for talking to us. My, my pleasure. My pleasure. Now, before we talk about streaming, uh, could you tell us a little bit about your MS diagnosis story? Um, so, okay, I'm a little bit, <laughs> I'm a little bit blurry on the exact dates because there was quite a long time between first symptoms and um, and actually even going to see a doctor about it because I had no idea what it might be. So, I'm I'm estimating it was about. F- five and a half nearly six years ago uh, i was wor- i was in the middle of this is how sudden it was and i'm sure other people with ms diagnosis will recognize this because i've since since i had my diagnosis i've spoken to people who've had exactly the same experience i was in the middle of recording an album and in the middle of this process i mean i think we were working for about five days and uh, i came home i went to bed and i woke up in the morning and i was like oh my hands feel quite numb that's weird and it was just and it wasn't numb to the point of not being able to do anything, but it was very noticeable. Um, the the kind of the term my neurologist has used in the past is like, you know, it feels a bit like wearing wicketkeeper's gloves in cricket. You know, it's like you've still got hands and you've still got fingers, but there's just certain things that become a, a, a lot more difficult to do. So, of course, I was in the middle of recording an album where I was playing guitar, which obviously wasn't amazing. It was, I kind of struggled through. Um, and I went to my GP about it. And my actual GP wasn't around. There was a locum. And the locum was like, hmm, I'm not really sure what that could be. Why don't we try giving you amitriptyline in case it's a sort of, you know, it's a nerve a nerve issue. Um, didn't really have any effect. I went back. And they literally were just like, I recently started taking some blood pressure meds. And there were some side effects reported on the blood pressure med I was taking, which which mentioned numbness in in in, in the hands. But, you know, that we changed that a couple of times, no difference. And then I kind of just went off and didn't really think about it anymore. Not because it was, I just felt at that point, I was like, oh, no one really knows what it is. So mm-hmm. I'll just carry on. And, you know, and um, anyway, so about a year later, I went to the doctor about a totally unrelated thing. I was having real problems with my back. And uh, I got referred to um, the, what was it, the musculoskeletal service in high wycombe which is like a private company it's like an nhs center run by a private company and um, i went up there and i was seen by a practitioner and uh, she was kind of examining me and talking to me about what was going on and i happened to mention my hands and she said oh let's get you an mri because they had a scanner there let's get you an mri so i went to get an mri and then and then i think it was like two days before christmas um probably must have been 2016 um uh the gp surgery calls me saying i have to go straight in and i'm like oh okay that's weird so i went in and the and again it wasn't my gp but the the doctor said you know this we we've looked at the mri and it shows evidence of demyelination um it's not and and she said it's not clear-cut 
like from the from the scan because it wasn't actually the the, the objective of the MRI wasn't my brain it was kind of like my neck um but it's she said it was like you know warranted concern so basically i was referred um to a neurologist and then began another year of basically um sporadically seeing the neurologist being referred to various places for more mris um which in itself is a bit of a an embarrassing tale because basically i'm a big dude i'm a really big guy and uh, there was two different places where I went where the the scanner wasn't big enough. It just simply wasn't big enough. And I mean, there's plenty of people bigger than me, much bigger mm-hmm. than me. Um, the one at the hospital in Wickham looked like it was meant for children. <laughs> you know, like the the woman who was organized, who, who met me there looked at me and was like, oh. And, and we went and looked at it, and it was I was just looking at it. It was like this is like a baby one, you know. And then I went to Stoke Mandeville, which is supposedly the best place. Too small. The scanner's too small. And in the end, I had to go to a private. Um, place that the nhs uses in hemel Hempstead, and that was great and they were lovely they were really nice um anyway so a couple more mris neurologists still on the fence um and then eventually it was like we'll have to do a lumbar puncture and so i went to john radcliffe in in oxford for the lumbar puncture the lumbar puncture is I always say to people who, who have asked me about it, it's the, it's the most unpleasant experience I've ever had in my life. Um, it was a particularly unpleasant one as well because they had to do it like four times. At one point, the, the, the doctor who was overseeing it said, um, look, I, think, I don't think we're going to be able to do it today. We might have to come back and do it another time um, under an X-ray. And I said, look, do it again <laughs> because I'm not coming back. Because <laughs> if, if we don't do it now, I'm never coming back because I never, ever want to go through this again. It's horrible. Um, yeah, and then so a couple of months later, back to the neurologist. And it was still a little bit sort of like, well, I guess we'll have to diagnose. You know, I think basically because my symptoms... Because this is the only, the hands is the only symptom I've got which is viewed as as counting. I just think he was always a little bit nervous about the the um, the diagnosis. Um, but yeah, you know, so it was a, so it was a bit of a it was a weird one for me because I know other people who have like there's a good friend of mine who's a musician as well. She had a diagnosis in two thousand five. Her diagnosis like mine was a relapse in remitting but her experience was very different which was like much more severe symptoms unexplained over quite a long time getting worse and worse mm-hmm. whereas with me it's like one symptom that isn't like completely life disrupting but it is noticeable and it does have an effect but not a lot of people in medicine not really not really being sure what it was and then eventually getting to the diagnosis since then you know, I definitely think I've noticed um, characteristics of the relapse and remitting thing of, you know, things coming and going. And, you know, um, I'm, you know, I bet lots of other uh, uh, people with MS diagnosis um, feel exactly the same right now. I bet you do as well, you know, um, trying to figure out if feeling a certain way, particularly with regards to fatigue, is lockdown mm-hmm. or is it, the MS, or is it a combination of both? Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and 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 things with mental health as well. You yeah. know, I've had exactly the same thing because I've had, you know, I've, I I take fluoxetine. You know, I've taken sertraline in the past, and again, it, it left me thinking like, wow. So is this is this because of the MS? Is this actually you know is this a symptom of the MS? Mm-hmm. The neurologist is very 
sanguine about it all and he really only regards this as, yeah. as an actual symptom but yeah so so that's yeah that's the kind of story My, mine's a weird story of sort of labyrinthine taking a long time to get to it but um yeah that's that's me i think that's one of the things where we like doing this type of you know stories with people because um, it's never really clear cut you know my diagnosis yeah. story is quite different um but they've thought of other things because i also went numb and they thought that it was um carpal tunnel syndrome you know mm. so it, it's that i think when you ms is so many little bits here and there so yeah. you need someone who actually knows about ms properly to sort of put together yeah. like oh okay so there's been sort of depression and there's been numbness and there's yeah. been pain you know and, and then fatigue putting them all together but otherwise it's just people wanting to treat the different symptoms rather than yeah. actually putting it together to one thing so I, uh, I think that's why we like to share the story so people people know that yeah <laughs> my, neuro- my neurologist said you know in, in a lot of ways it's worth thinking about ms as a group of conditions but every year there's there's more there's new ones you know there's ev- every single person has such a varied experience of it that it's we we talk about it as a condition mm. but in reality it's like many many different kinds of conditions i mean obviously you've got the the two main ones but even within that every single person with a diagnosis could be experiencing it totally differently yeah. so it's tough it's really tough it is and i think especially when you tell people about being diagnosed with ms if they know someone with ms who's had it one way or another then yeah. you're going to get compared to that person and your yeah. symptoms might be completely exactly. different from that exactly. one and it's yeah. frustrating <laughs> Um, but so you mentioned the the, the numbness. Is that sort of yeah. still the main main symptoms? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's it's always there. It's never really changed. Well, I do feel like sometimes it's worse than than other times, but it is the main thing. And and to be honest, there's there are certain things that I really struggle to do with my hands. I mean, the main thing is anything involving really tiny thin things right so i'm a musician i mean i play guitar and bass if i drop a plectrum on the floor i'll be there just going just trying to pick it up like my hands my fingers are working but for some reason it just seems very difficult to just actually get my finger under it and to put it between my fingers and i think it just makes it a bit difficult to judge the pressure you know that I, that I that I have to have to keep hold of something, um, but that is it. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I I definitely feel like fatigue is a big big symptom for me at the moment. Um, I mean, I'm going back to work in at university, teaching two days a week from next week, and I've been trying to get out of the house mm-hmm. just to just to kind of rem- remember what it's like yeah. um, because I've barely moved. I mean, I, funnily enough, today I just got my Google Maps timeline. Uh, summary for february and it's um basically my house and the supermarket I'm like that's it <laughs> you know and then it's and it's got the stats it says um wa- walking one mile <laughs> and i'm like well hang on about i think i actually walked a bit further than that to and from the supermarket <laughs> but you know what i mean it's it's yeah. crazy but yeah fatigue and you know i do sometimes feel like i've got a general bit of um weakness in my right leg you know, it, it, I've fallen a few times. Um, possibly, you know, I think foot drop. There's definitely a bit of that there. Neurologist is not not really sort of entertaining that for what for whatever reason. But I know there's a there's a bit of that going on there as well. So, um, but yeah, it's, the hands is the main one that's always with me. Like no, no, no matter what I do, it's always with me. 
much about MS before you were diagnosed? Well, um, so I'm 49. I've just turned 49. So, you know, I was a child of the, the sort of late 70s into the, the mid 80s. And um, to be totally honest, I would expect a lot of other people my age, in Britain at least, would say the same thing. When we, when I, before, when it was first suggested that I might have the condition, there was part of me which was just like, just horrified because I can remember um, MS in the late 70s and early 80s when I was a kid being a big a big deal and a big cause like and a lot of you know at school there'd be people doing sponsored walks and sponsored swims and da, 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 for this because ms was this at the time was thought of as pretty much a terminal thing no matter what it was this was the impression that, that you were given and I, and I, I don't know if it's because you know the medical knowledge of it was a lot less back then or whatever so my understanding of it initially was it was just a bit of fright because I still had this memory in my head that this was this terrible, terrible thing. But then I kind of had a little bit of context from my friend who's the musician who, who's in a band that I used to work with. And so I had a little bit of context and I actually spoke to her about it and it, it was really useful to kind of get her um, her uh, perspective on it, you know. I mean, she's had two children since her diagnosis, so you know, it's um, it was really useful to talk to her and get a little bit of perspective on it. But um, yeah, it was it was it was weird. I expect, I would imagine, you know, younger people today who maybe when they get into their thirties or forties, if they got a diagnosis, it might be a little bit less, um, you know catastrophic instantly catastrophic feeling it was just that was the that was the way it was presented when i was younger um so yeah so i did have to do a bit of learning about it as well so i think you know well we're about the same age uh, and sort of grow, growing up um there was no treatment or anything like that for mm. ms until sort of the mid 90s anyway so i think yeah. what people would progress faster and that there would be you know scarier things yeah. out there to see um my granddad um, had MS and he was in a wheelchair and I think he was never sort of encouraged to try and do any physio or or, or you know any exercise there mm. was pretty much as soon as his legs started being a bit weak there was oh you better rest you know have a wheelchair mm. sit down kind of thing which is very different from what we look at now yeah um so yeah I think I, hopefully the, the the sort of public knowledge about MS has has changed since you and me were, were kids mm. now we're talking about um, 2020. Well, I suppose, you know, 2021 now as well. But um, looking <laughs> back at everything that went on last year with lockdown, how how do you feel about it? How, how, how did it um, hit you? Um, it's a weird one because on the... Okay, so on the one hand, I'm very lucky because um, I could still work. So obviously my music work that I do, I just do all that from my home studio anyway. So there was no change there. But um, the teaching, that all switched to online. And I'm very, very lucky because I have experience of teaching online. So I used to teach at a college called Point Blank and I used to teach on their online school. So the technology, and this all feeds into Twitch as well, because it's the same technology, OBS in particular, that I'm using to stream on Twitch. It's all the same stuff. So, so I was very lucky. So, you know, I have to sort of qualify everything <laughs> that I say. I want to, I don't want to seem like a kind of, um, you know, 
a spoiled brat, as it were, you know. Um, and and I and I can't lie that there was a part of me. I mean, I live on my own. Um, there was a part of me which was sort of, um, uh, you know, I quite fancy a bit of self isolation. That sounds pretty good to me, you know. Not having to go out, not having to go to work, like actually commute. Um, uh, but the reality obviously was very different um, because. Even in practical terms, you know, just trying to um, put it this way, I'm not taking I'm not taking DMD, uh, a disease modifying medication, and so therefore I'm not classed as having to shield. Um, but you know, I'm in my forties. I'm in my late forties. I'm overweight. I've got MS. It's probably not a good idea <laughs> to try expose myself to COVID. You know, so basically, I was kind of almost. Um, voluntarily shielding as as much as I could, living on my own. I would go out to go to the shops, you know, be as quick and careful as I could. Um, and yeah, it sort of um, it really it's much worse this time round. Let's put it that way. It was bad enough in the first lockdown, um, but it's much worse this this time round. Although to be honest, I think the worst period for me was um, when when they started to bring in the higher tiers towards the end of last year, because then it was like, well, I can't even just go out. Like I can't even like go and sit outside a pub or, or, you know, um, I mean, I've got a thing with my teaching, which is I can't mark at home. I really struggle to mark at home. There's too many distractions. I have to go somewhere to mark and I just couldn't do anything like that anymore. And I had about, I think I marked about like 60, no, about 80 papers just before Christmas. And it was driving me insane. It was taking me so long to do it because I was having to, having to do it at home. Um, yeah, and I just think, you know, the now is when I'm really feeling the the effect of the isolation, both mentally and physically, especially physically. Yeah. Like I go out, like I said, I've been trying to warm up, going out again, getting used to going out again. And I'll go out and I just feel like I'm, I'm just like, I don't think I'm walking properly. Like I just can't. I just never do, you know, I've just not had to do it. It's a really, really hard, you know, I've put on weight and, and of course I have every, you know, every, everybody has it's, it's, and, um, yeah, it's, it's really tough. It's really, really tough. Um, but as I said before, the, the sort of the slightly complicating factor, and I'm sure anybody with a diagnosis will, will, will relate to it is the idea that thinking, is this the MS or is this just, yeah. is this the, or is this the same for everybody? You know? It's really hard. It's really, really hard to sort of to to know. I guess with some symptoms, it's obvious, but with things like fatigue and stuff like that, it's really hard because I think it, most people I know who don't have MS diagnosis are basically fatigued all the time at the moment. And I think also people who have had COVID <clears throat> tend yeah. to have sort of long COVID fatigue yep. things as well. So there's been a lot to talk about yeah. fatigue, I think, which is, this, I suppose, a quite good thing to for the general public to get their eyes up oh, on because it's a it's a tricky thing but I mean I find uh, when I used to walk into work I sort of got that half an hour of a little bit of exercise but also clearing my head space yep. and stuff now if I'm going and work I sort of argue with my children <laughs> and run in and then sit down and start doing work <laughs> straight away and and I haven't had any fresh air any exercise yep. or any kind of mental time to prepare myself to do work and yeah, I think little yeah. things like that seems seems very kind of like well what's that but but actually yeah. that little half an hour walk was yeah how i <laughs> survived work absolutely yeah <laughs> i mean when i go back when i go back next week 
Um, because of, so my teaching hours are a bit weird. So I don't start till eleven thirty on a Tuesday, but I finish at seven thirty, and then on the Wednesday I start at nine thirty and finish at six. So it's a late finish on the Tuesday and an early start on the Wednesday. Mm. So actually, what I've ended up doing is I've I've booked a hotel in 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 near where I work. I mean, I say a hotel like a travel lodge. Mm. Uh, other cheap hotels are available, um, but um, uh, you know, and it's because I looked at it and. It works out the same, like in terms of because if I was paying for the train both days, yeah. I'm getting the hotel cheap because oh yeah, surprise surprise, hardly anyone's staying in hotels because they're actually yeah. not allowed to. I've got an exact, you know, I'm allowed to because I'm working, um, and the reason I'm doing that is because with my current, the way I am at the moment with fatigue, I know for a fact there is not not a chance that I could get back. From, so if if I finished working in Fulham at seven thirty and got here, got I'd get home at like nine thirty, maybe ten, and then I've got to be up again at six the next morning. It's not going to happen. I'm going to be in such a mess. I'm going to be in such a mess. So I've just balanced it all up, and I'm like, right, this is how I'm going to do it. Because, and I guess again, lots of people relate to that because the you know if you've got that kind of lifestyle, yeah. the fatigue you've got to you've got to try and somehow build that in. You know, it's. Uh, yeah, it's kind. Of, it's kind of like doing doing gigs for me. I mean, obviously, there's been none of that for a, quite a while, but like you know, the rare occasions when the band, a, a band I'm working with, or if if it's my band, we go out and play like two or three gigs in a row. You know, I've got to be really careful because mm-hmm. you know I have to get, I have to rest, I have to rest between the shows because otherwise I'm just going to be a complete zombie. You know. Yeah, it's finding that kind of balance, isn't it? And, yeah. and I think. I find, I mean, I I was diagnosed back in 2007 and I think it's maybe only now in the last few years that I've been able to sort of really (laughs) find some balance or or, or know the signs when I need to stop. Because I think otherwise, if I'm having a good day, I just forge ahead and go crazy. (laughs) And then the day after I'm just dead. So it's it's kind of preparing yourself. So I think that sounds like a a good good shortcut to take for for your... um, I think so. Yeah, definitely. And again, I'm very lucky I'm able to do it. So I'm not sort of judging anybody or trying to say, woe is me. It's just, it's, I'm I'm really glad. Do you want to know something as well, though? In a weird sort of way, I'm kind of, you know, a night in a travelodge right now. That seems like such a treat. (laughs) That seems like such a treat. Last summer, you know, last summer when lockdown lifted, because all the way in the spring through lockdown, it was so warm. And then lockdown lifted, and it the sun. It was what was it? Was it like July? I think it was July, mm. and it was so hot. And like in my in my flat, I was just like dying. And basically, I had a job in a studio near rugby, and um, I so again, I just booked a a night a cheap. I just found the cheapest hotel that I could find that had air conditioning that was on the way. <laughs> To rugby, and I just, and it ended up. It was at Stadium MK in Milton Keynes, like where MK Dons play. One night there, it was like thirty quid, and I just basically got in, air conditioning on, eighteen degrees. It's just like, oh, oh, it's just like the ultimate treat. Never mind going on holiday or anything like that. It's just like a, a hotel room, bit of air conditioning. There you go. <laughs> I think, so, yeah, maybe we learn to appreciate the small things. After, exactly, after exactly, yeah. That, no, that sounds like total bliss to me, actually. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, you mentioned sort of gigs and stuff. I mean, some bands and things have tried to do things on um, online, but, I mean, there must be, 
even if you try and do things like that, it must be really hard because I mean I've been to a few of your of your band's gigs and there's such a good atmosphere and you I always kind of come out of there with a smile on my face because it's you know you can tell that the band is having fun and stuff. So it, it must be quite hard for people who have been trying to do gigs and stuff online. Yeah, we've we've not really done anything like that. Um, we did our Zoom at Christmas where we were all on the Zoom, but we weren't doing music. We were just being stupid. Um, but um, yeah, I think um, that stuff is really tough. You know, it's um, this, that studio that I was talking about, the one that I do work at up near rugby, like they did a live stream for somebody, um, like they were the venue where they did it from. And it was a huge undertaking. And actually, um, it was one of the first nights I was actually streaming properly because I started my stream and then my phone was ringing and it was Oscar who runs the studio ringing me up to basically go, uh, how do we do this? How do we make it work? <laughs> so I had to like stop the stream for a bit, take the call and then do the tech support and then come back. Um, so yeah, it's really hard to do. And, you know, lots of people have done their sort of, you know, lockdown videos where everybody's recorded themselves separately. I mean, I think, I don't know. I'd kind of like to do a bit of that. I think the big the big disadvantage we have is that how can I put it? Not everybody in the band is perhaps as technically uh apt as some of the people in the band. Some of them might yeah. Uh you know, put it this way, I can't imagine trying to talk uh Johnny the bass player bless him through uh trying to set himself up to be able to play along to like a a click and a pre-recorded track or whatever. I think that would be really tough. But, but you know, we have been, I mean, I, well, no, I have been massively creative. That's the, that's the upside is that starting to do all the Twitch stuff has meant, um, I've made more music in the last year than I've made in the previous 10. So, you know, like, yeah, I've released an EP. I've got two, what about 12, idea is sort of skeletons for tracks for the band i've got seven stream beats i'm doing this so what i'm doing on my music streams at the moment is this idea of stream beats so people release these albums which people can use in the backgrounds of their streams or in the background of youtube videos so then they're sort of copyright free in terms of they're not going to get copyright strikes if the system detects them using this music um, so I'm, I'm like, I want to do one. <laughs> I want to do one. And I want it to be kind of what I like, which is, you know, I quite like some of that stream beat stuff, but some of it's a bit polite. So I want to, I want some stuff that maybe is a little bit less polite. Um, and so, yeah, doing that, I've worked on a bunch of other people's records. I've masked, I mean, I do mixing and mastering for other people. I've done tons and tons of that this year. I just mastered, I mastered a, a, I mastered an album at the end of last year, which if it had come out last year would be like my favorite album of the year. So I got to do all this like really exciting stuff. So yeah, it's, you know, I'm, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a weird situation because in a way it's benefited me creatively, you know, but obviously there's huge, huge ramifications not just for me for everybody but you know i know there's been a huge it's weird saying a huge physical toll when it's a physical toll from not doing anything <laughs> do you know what i mean like rather yeah, than a physical absolutely. toll from doing something incredibly strenuous um yeah it's it's a it's a weird one but um yeah it, it's you know i think it's it's tough and i mean i know i i would say the people i feel the most for in terms of 
you know, people working in music and creators are all the people I know who work on touring, like, you know, who do sound and run PA systems and cr- crew, roadies, people that are trucking stuff around because I've got friends who do that who have not had a day's work since, like, about March the 12th last year. So getting on for a year. And it's probably not going to change anytime soon. So, yeah. So I'm very, very lucky. I'm really, really, you know. it's Hey, I'm saying I'm very lucky. It's been really hard. But I am really lucky that I've still had stuff going on. So, yeah. I think I think that's really the thing. It's been lovely to see how creative some people have gotten. You know, I, you know, you were saying about the first lockdown was maybe easier than the the, the second one. I think people were quite excited about some of these yeah. things. You know, people who were making um, TikTok videos and they were doing all sorts of things that they would have never done before, but it was sort of bringing a little bit of joy to people. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot. You know, you could be outside. There was lovely weather, and now it's been cold and miserable. And if you want to escape the house, there's not like you. You can go and sit outside because it's too cold. You know, if yeah, you are yeah. outside walking, you have to keep on moving because it's just, it's not really been that. So I think, yeah, and we've, we've done it now. So we're a bit fed up, all of us. Yeah. This is just. <laughs> it's, not, it's not new anymore, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, so when you do in the streaming, do you think that that sort of helps your mood and your. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, uh, it is. Because it's just, it's a, it's like, a, well, put it this way, I always feel happiest, um, most content if I'm sort of making something, if I'm creating something, or if I'm work, or when I say creating something, even if I'm working on somebody else's music to help create a finished product, you know, I'm always at my happiest then. So, um, so doing the streams has been great. And the way I've approached it is basically like, I want to try and learn as much as I can about doing other stuff within it. So, for example, um, little video things that there are on the stream where you can basically, like, viewers can... When viewers are in the channel... This is a Twitch thing. When you're in the channel, you gradually build up points for being in the channel and watching. Then you can spend those points to to do various things. And there's, like, sounds you can trigger off. But then there's also video, video things... Um, that go across the screen and stuff like that. Um, so I was learning how to do all of that, you know, and so I was basically taking videos, removing the backgrounds from them, um, editing them in DaVinci Resolve. So I've been learning DaVinci Resolve a bit, which is fantastic. Um, and just doing all this sort of, you know, um, production work on the stream to try and make it a little bit more um entertaining i mean the thing is basically like you know i i have had a twitch login for years and i would watch it very occasionally very sporadically and um i would watch particularly i would watch um limmy the the scottish comedian who's kind of you know he's made it his job it's like his full-time job um but you know it was it was really in lockdown that you started to see some really interesting approaches to it some sort of uh you know not either non-gaming or gaming, but in a different way, you know. And really, the 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 one the streamer that kind of got me starting thinking about doing it was this guy Zaffa Cakes. So he's this comedian called Bill Zafar, um, and uh, he was he's a sta- he was a stand up he's a stand up comedian, but basically, so obviously, all of his work went away. There's loads of comedians on Twitch now, um, and he started streaming. We was like, oh, so he knew Limmy. Limmy said, get on Twitch. And he was like, oh, I don't know what to do. What games do I like? And he was like, well, I quite liked Pro Evolution Soccer 5 from 2005. 
So he basically started playing that on the stream. And then as he was doing it, he started, you know, he started wearing a suit, a, a jacket and a, tie, a shirt and tie, like as if he's the manager. And he kind of invented this character for himself. And then he would kind of invent characters for the players. And he would like cut the images out from the game and, and talk to them in the stream. Yeah, so it was him that totally inspired me in terms of just actually doing Twitch. Not that I could do what he does, but um, just in terms of just getting on Twitch and doing it. And then through his stream, I've met loads of other people. And generally, I just like this idea of everyone that I watch. Zaffa Cakes is the streamer that... I mean, I, I watch Slimmy sometimes, but it's such a big stream. It's so hard to get into. Because for me, I think you, like you said before, it's the social aspect mm. of it. And those streams that have thousands of viewers, it's impossible to have that. But you, I think up to a few hundred, you can get that. And then Zaffa Cakes stream, it's totally like that. And... I would start following other people that would be in the chat who stream. And then, so I've kind of met all these other people. Sometimes he would raid another streamer at the end of the raid. It's a raid, a raid, I should explain. A raid is basically where you end the stream by going to somebody else's stream and taking your audience with you. Um, and I met all these people. And so now we've, so between you and other people that come into the stream, uh, most of whom are friends, but then there's still people who I've met through who have just come and this they come back but then all these other streamers as well who come to see and then i go and see their streams and it's this really nice sort of um supportive community where everyone basically is trying to kind of support everybody else and keep creative and helping each other you know and it's really good i mean i i expect the world of the actual because i think most people if they don't really if they know what twitch is but they don't really look at it they just think of you know these streamers who have got like you know 20 30,000 viewers and stuff like that and it's like yeah but i literally never encounter any of that like i literally you know my twitch world is limited much more to much much smaller communities like i never see never see any of that so yeah it's it's been a huge help creatively especially like i just honestly i just feel genuinely in the last in the last sort of decade the idea of making music it's only really the band where where i actually sort of creatively felt like doing it but making music myself on my own i just had no interest in doing it none whatsoever and with the stream i'm just I, if i could i would be doing it every day like all day, every day. If 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 I could live and do that, I'd a hundred percent be doing. That. <laughs> I find um, the, the the streams are so interesting to sort of watch how you're you're working with the music and how you're creating it and stuff. I mean, because I I've never done anything like that, but I've always I've had quite a lot of friends that are doing music, and I've always admired them for them. So, but I've never really seen them sort of you know sit and fiddle around with it. So I think when when we decided that we needed a, a new um, themes. For, for our podcast, mm. I just thought, gosh, that would be so interesting to sort of, sort of see it in action be, being made, and, and sort of maybe hopefully that people with MS could come and join the stream and yeah. you know shout out helpful suggestions. <laughs> I know that sometimes <laughs> when I shout out helpful suggestions, they're not always helpful. Well, every I hear everybody's everybody's you know everybody's post in the chat. I'm you know I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I point out my sort of ignorance because he, he made this sound that I was like, oh, that's really nice. What is that? And he was pointing out that that's the metronome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
oh dear. Yeah, no, it's 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 so much fun. I think you know, for me personally, that's really been a great help because I feel feel like you know you miss that kind of social interaction when you go to the pub and you you might know one person but you don't know the other people. But then you start chatting. So I've started chatting with some of the other people that are in your stream that I didn't know since before, and I, yeah. you know it's it's great. You start following them on on other places, you know, like Instagram or whatever, and it's suddenly like you actually managed to make some new new friends that you would never have sort of met absolutely before so i think that that's brilliant and i so i would really i had used twitch when i did like a 24-hour gaming thing for through um for the ms trust which um was really fun but but again you know we only had like a few people now and again come and come and watch but when we were sitting at 3 a.m in the morning and you're gaming and falling asleep if somebody popped up to say hello that was quite nice (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely it's a it's a quite fun way of interacting with people um, yes, yeah, so we mentioned the 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 making the the podcast theme. What what got you motivated to get involved with the MS Trust apart from somebody hopping up on your feed and bullying <laughs> you to do it? Well, I think the I think the MS Trust is a brilliant source of of information. I mean, that's the thing is nowadays, you know, if I'm if I want to try and find something out about something related to ms the ms trust website's always like my first port of call because i feel like it's the most uh um i was going to say trustworthy but that makes it sound like there's other sources out there which aren't trustworthy but you know but it's definitely it, it feels the most sort of knowledgeable and and also practical and approachable you know it's um i think it's quite um and it's quite positive you know the the overall the branding and the and the way information is put across, I think, is usually put up put across in quite a positive way. Um, so yeah, and so basically, I just think you know, I think it's a good, it's definitely a good thing to try and get involved. Um, and you know, I think with a lot of charity, it's not necessarily the case that my skill set would be that useful. But this is a situation where it's something that 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 I can definitely help with, you know. And to be totally honest, anything to do with podcasts, I I, I love to get involved anyway because I I probably listen to more podcasts than I do music. So um so I'm always very keen to kind of get involved in the what is it they say in the podcast space. So <laughs> <laughs> and of course last uh, summer when we had our um, MS Trust um, home festival uh, collapsed lung ants band um, yes. was one of the, the people that we featured. Yeah. Um, so how can people get involved in your streaming um, sessions? I do music on Mondays and Fridays. And currently on Thursdays, I'm playing the game House Flipper, which if you've never seen it, is quite interesting because on paper it is the most boring game you've ever seen. But it's actually very enjoyable. And it's quite a, it's quite a fun game to stream because people can kind of get involved in the chat with suggestions and, and just generally being a bit silly. But House Flipper is basically a game where you buy... You renovate, buy and renovate houses and sell them on. And, and um, yeah, it's it's weirdly both boring and quite compulsive. <laughs> so, um, But the music sessions on Mondays and, Fri- uh, Mondays and Fridays, usually what I'm doing is I'm making these stream beats on Mondays using Able- Ableton Live, the platform that I used to do that. And then on Fridays, I'm normally using Machine. Machine is this very specific thing for making beats. It's very, very focused on making beats. But at the moment, I'm just focusing on Ableton Live on both days because I want to try and get the Stream Beats album finished. And it's at twitch.tv slash antchapman, or one word. And yeah, basically, you know, um, 
come and join in um you know if you enjoy it you can drop me a follow and uh, you can actually subscribe you know you can put, put, put a little money in the pot to sort of you know fund what your favorite streamers do I'm not, I'm not suggesting it has to be me if you have amazon prime you get a free subscription every month anyway so even if you didn't want to actually lay out some extra money if you link your amazon prime account to twitch you can like do an amazon prime subscription which doesn't cost you any money but puts a little bit of money the streamers way so so apart from you know streaming world and and things hope, hopefully lockdown is ending i mean people are getting vaccinated and and um, yeah we might see an end yeah. and looking forward to 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 hopefully not being in any more lockdowns what, what hopes have you got what what you what you what you wishes for the future i mean it it, it depends if i'm thinking about my situation and I'm thinking about you know because I'm very conscious that obviously I'm I'm not in a typical situation in terms of what I do and 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 uh, my living situation you know um but part of me really hopes that I'm not saying that um I necessarily think everybody should be post lockdown just saying well I'm never going back to work in an office ever again but I think there should be I really think it would be crazy if industry in general didn't stop and think, you know what, maybe expecting people to commute for hours every day to an office and then home again when it's been demonstrated that this work can be done at home, I think that should be something that is explored by a lot of companies and institutions because it's 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 I think a lot of people have realised um how draining it is and and obviously as somebody with an ms diagnosis you know i know that i know more than some how how draining it can be but even for people who are in you know good health it's it's draining and tiring and not only and i mean i read a story the other day about how you know the the two lockdowns have kind of created an almost like a generation of accidental savers because they're because basically people are not paying out to commute and they're not buying lunch at work and you know i found that last year i was looking at my bank account and thinking oh they must the university must have paid me early and then i'm like oh no they haven't i just haven't spent money that i would normally be spending so um i hope that that we have a bit of a rethink about how we work you know um the yeah i mean i live just outside london so you know it's very much a commuter area and and you know w- when i do have to get a, a commuter time train into town i just look around at these people and i just think you know they're doing this five mornings a week and then five evenings back i'm just like this is crazy this is absolutely crazy we cannot live like this it's it's just mad um so i'd hope that it will maybe be a little bit of a spur on to to there being a bit of a rethink about how we we live you know um and i mean i'm really really hoping that we'll put it this way i'm seeing lots and lots of venues and and artists announcing concerts for like june the 21st onwards and i really hope that's not a bad idea you know there's other stuff like we've got a gig booked we got a gig at the start of october and I think that's pushing it, you know. I'm, I think that might still be pushing it. Um, so I really hope what we don't see happen is that people rush back to pubs and venues at the expense of being still careful, you know. On the upside, 
the, the, the number of people that have been vaccinated so far is looking very positive. I've had my first, my first vaccine. So, um, I had the Pfizer flavor. So, um, did you feel okay when you had your totally fine? Touch wood. It'll be totally fine. And I'll hopefully get the next one in about 10 weeks. So, um, but yeah, it's, um, but we, we mustn't undo. We mustn't undo the good stuff that we've done. You know, we mustn't just rush in. I'm trying not to be cynical. I'm trying, trying, trying not to be cynical. I'm trying to think the best of my fellow humans. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is hard sometimes. And I am very much on the same thought pattern as you on that one, because I, 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 yeah, I feel like we can't go back to complete normality (laughs) straight away because we do need uh, because everybody won't have been vaccinated um, exactly you know by the i think group six uh, sort of looking at maybe towards the end of of august when we when we would have had the second lot so i mean you know we will all be really been out and about for two months then So, so i think um yeah just be careful <laughs> yeah that, i think that's totally we can't just instantly go back to um to just unrestricted you know back the way it was it, it, i think we would just be crazy to do that um i'm very conscious about it doing what i do for teaching because i'm teaching university age uh students who are basically you know the most likely <laughs> to to catch it and t- transmit it uh, albeit less likely to suffer really badly if they get it but if they're transmitting it that doesn't really matter you know um so it's funny you talk to me now when i'm just about to go back to work because when i was just about to go back to work in september i was absolutely terrified I was absolutely terrified um and actually now i don't feel so bad partly because i had my first jab what two weeks ago so theoretically i'm up to like a kind of 80 percent um re- reduction in 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 contracted it and transmitting it but who knows who knows um i think by now it's what's made it me feel a bit easier about it is just the fact that i've just had enough of you know lo- lockdown <laughs> like i've really really had enough i just want to see some people what i really want to see is my friends you know i want to go and see my mum but but in the meantime students will do <laughs> so just seeing the students will be great just seeing some actual faith human beings in the same room as me will be amazing so the one thing i'm really hoping though is that as we as we go back to something resembling reality closer we don't just find everyone buggers off from twitch you know because i because i you know because i'm not you know i mean yeah i might not be able to do three nights a week but i'm definitely not leaving because i love it you know it's 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 super um super rewarding for me i might actually start doing some stuff on youtube and maybe even facebook and instagram as well um because i've seen a lot of people there's a guy who i was watching the other night who's a guy i used to work with at point blank another music guy and he was streaming to facebook youtube and twitch at the same time because he kept responding to these people's chats and i'm like who said that? No one said that. Then I realised he was like on different platforms at once. So you know, maybe I'll do all the windows. It. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But the thing with Twitch is, I like all the bells. I like all the toys. I like the toys you get on Twitch. It's so much fun. I, I find it like absolutely <laughs> crazy when you've been in your in your stream. Sometimes when everything happens, I mean, we were trying very hard to make your you crash. I think we're both getting everything up at once. <laughs> it was. It was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was, it was 
getting pushed. It was definitely getting <laughs> it was pushed. So much fun. <laughs> and if you don't know what it is, it sounds very strange what we're talking about, but I can really recommend it. It, was, it had me giggling for a very long time. <laughs> Remind us again about your sort of how, how to watch you, you uh, both on Twitch, but also your um, social handles. So twitch.tv slash Ant Chapman, Ant Chapman Audio on Twitter. I think it's Ant Chapman Audio on Instagram. Uh, and if you look for Anthony Chapman Audio on Facebook, that's my page on there. Um, yeah, and other places you if you often I'll use Scissor Kicks, which is the name that I used to use when I was like doing dance music and that. But I'm trying to transition away from that and be be a little more professional. So <laughs> and, um, you can um, find some of uh, your music on on Bandcamp. As on well, Bandcamp, right? yes, yeah. So there's various things. So there's the band Collapse Lung. It's Collapse Lung Band dot bandcamp.com uh, and then mo hyphen wab mo hyphen wabb dot bandcamp.com that's my solo stuff that i made last year which was all stuff that was originally it was started on stream i then took it away and kind of polished it up a little bit but it was all stuff that was started on stream yeah there was really interesting sort of watching it being made and then uh finished i i enjoyed that it was uh, <laughs> it felt like a privilege to be in on the process actually see how your mind work thank you yeah well it's great for me because it just means i to be honest if nothing else it just means i have to do it like if i say oh i'm going to be on stream at this time making music i have to do it you know and it means that i because if i don't that's that's my whole experience of making music the last few years has just been because i'll happily work on other people's music all day all night but then with my own music i'm like right let's make some music and i'm like well i could make a cup of tea <laughs> i could you know put the washing on i could like watch watch an episode of this show on t- do you know what i mean just endless distraction endless distraction so what so. you're saying is that we should all do our, mu- uh, our sort of work whilst we're streaming maybe so we feel the pressure for maybe you should do your you're going to do your marking next yeah time. i think it depends on your job i think it depends on your did you see that in the news the other day about the um the surgeon in America who was actually operating on somebody and when he was he was in court for some I can't remember what it, I think it was a traffic it was a traffic fine and it was like a court a virtual court session over Zoom and they opened up the call when he was there in his scrubs and the judge was like, So are you actually like in an operating team? He's like, Yes, there's a patient being operated on here now, but my colleague is actually taking care of it. <laughs> and he's just like Going a let's reschedule <laughs> yeah so i think that's going a little bit too far but i definitely think you know if you're doing something creative is there's something to be said for for um doing doing it in public maybe not all the time but you know trying it out it's it's quite good i mean i watch people doing art and writing stuff there's a guy who comes to my streams lemons mcbackflip who does like um uh he'll do i think on Mon- tuesday nights him and the chat, his chat, invent a product and then write a, a jingle for it. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, I think it's really, really good. Like it's really, really good for creative stuff. So, oh, that's right. On Monday nights, he, he writes, he writes a story just with the help of the chat, <laughs> like a picture book. So. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to be super technical to get involved with Twitch no. either, do you? Really, because no. you, you don't have to have all the crazy stuff. Yeah, they you just uh, have an account. <laughs> Twitch has their own, um, and if you did want to stream, Twitch has their own app to do it as well. I use a third-party one because it does a lot of the cool stuff that I want it to do. But Twitch have got the thing is Twitch Studio, which is very, very simple to set up. And really, if you've got a camera, you know. Um, you don't even have to have a camera. You don't even have to have your face on the stream. But if you do, you just pl- have the camera, 
and you tell Twitch Studio what you want to put out on the stream and it kind of takes care of everything for you. So. And obviously, if you want to do some uh, fundraising for the MS Trust, we got of uh, course, play, which is it, it happens at specific set times, but you can take part in it whenever you want to. Um, uh, we've done it as a twenty-four hour gameathon kind of thing, but you could do whatever you want to. And um, as having taken part in it, I can recommend it. It was <laughs> well. I think I'm definitely going to do some some kind of gaming for that on that weekend after the, the after the music stream. I would love to say I'd do a twenty-four hour or something, but I just don't think that's going to happen <laughs> we, we kind of cheated a little bit because we were doing it sort of um my husband and my two kids so we took part so i think i had maybe like three hour nap at one point that's all right oh, nice <laughs> <laughs> brilliant brilliant but yeah no it's 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 great fun well thank you so much for talking to us it's been, my pleasure it's been very interesting and um yeah we're looking forward to uh, to um seeing um more of you in the stream and also um hearing the well, by the time this is going out, obviously the, the, the theme would have already been recorded. Well, so. I, I hope it's good. <laughs> <In the laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. That's confusing. Yeah, I hope the listeners enjoyed it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, well, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Now, if this was a commercial podcast, here's where there would be an advert. But as we're a charity, we don't do that. So instead, we'd like to take the opportunity to tell you about our fantastic resources for people with MS. Our website, which is mstrust.org.uk, has tons of information and resources for people affected by MS. If you're interested in brain health, you can pop over to the A to Z pages and read about that on there. Or maybe <laughs> you are the next streaming star and would like to take part in MS Play, our online gaming streaming fundraising challenge. And himself actually took part during March after this um, podcast. Uh, the interview with him was recorded and he raised over £1,500 for the MS Trust, which is absolutely amazing. Um, so have a look at MS Trust forward slash MS Play for more information. And we're back. Right. Um, do you feel like you want to go on to become a streamer now, Emma, after listening to that? I mean, I don't feel like I'm good enough at gaming myself to do it, um, but it's definitely opened my mind up more to um, watching other people streaming their gaming yeah. online. I know a few people who do it and they seem really into it as well. So, yeah, definitely something I'd consider now. And I think the interesting thing is like it's not just gaming. I mean, there's loads of uh, um, stand-up comedians on there, which, uh, you know, can be entertaining. Um, and I think, you know, the people that are doing things like Ant's doing with the music is... Uh, it's really interesting. I mean, I've, I'm a bit biased because I have been going to Anstream for a while and sort of I'm, I'm one of the people who, who regularly visits and, and, and sits in the chat room and we've kind of nice little community where we've been, you know, the same people pop up and, and, and talk. And it's been interesting to sort of see him put together this album that he has been doing um and then you know then that will go up on Bandcamp. so it's kind of like seeing the product start to finish and i think it's really encouraging and i really liked you know what he was saying about the fact that this this has made him make more music in this year than he has in a really long time and if brain health is anything to 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 really you know kind of take into account then clearly that is a really good way of uh, keeping that brain active yeah, definitely. I think it's really good, obviously, for those who are recording, um, like you say, keeping their brain active. But also it's just bringing us back to that little bit of not quite normality, but it's offering an alternative to those sort of gigs and concerts and um, 
live comedian shows that we probably are starting to miss now yeah i mean ant uh and collapse lung is uh, i've been to a few gigs of theirs and and they're always like really kind of amazing uh energy at them so you do really kind of i suppose when you see him sit and make music you get reminded about oh i wish we could go to to gigs again but i think this is this is a good good thing as well and, and and you know i'm sitting there during the stream and it's amazing almost like how it feels like you're i don't know down the pub and chatting with your mates in the chat room yeah definitely if you sort of replaced live chat with typing it on a computer i think it's a very similar thing yeah <laughs> yeah it's but honestly in i think many of these type of streams have kind of kept me safe during lockdown because weirdly i made like i said I've made a few new friends through them because of, you know, you, you see the same pe- the same names. I don't always know the name of the people because it tends to be the, the nickname that they have. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's strange. Um, like every Tuesday, for example, I watch someone do DJ sessions and it's like part of my calendar now. And I, I really hope that some of these things will keep on, you know, going even after lockdown. Yeah, I do think it's really lovely. I know, as I mentioned, I know a few people who, get involved as well as yourself and they've sort of made friends from all over the world that they wouldn't necessarily communicate with um if it wasn't for these streaming services um but yeah like you say i think it would be really good to, to see what we can take away from this after lockdown even if we're allowed out um i think everyone's approach will be a bit more flexible and this could probably benefit the ms community as well if you're struggling to get to those hospital appointments or things like that yeah. And I mean, obviously, some appointments might not work online, but certainly others would do. So I, I think it's uh, it's been a strange year, but I think we can learn a lot about that kind of flexibility of work and, and not that everything doesn't actually need to be done in person. Um, so remember that if you've got any questions about MS, we're here for you. Our inquiry service is available Monday to Friday, except on UK bank holidays. And that's from 9am to 5pm. Outside of these hours, you're welcome to leave us a message and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. You can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and Instagram. And you can find this podcast on Spotify, Google and Apple podcast and Amazon Music. Get in touch and like they say, like and subscribe. And do recommend us to other people as well who might be interested. Thank you so, for coming and chatting with me today, Emma, online. <laughs> yeah, lovely to speak with you. One day we'll meet in person. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Thanks. And we would also like to say a big thank you to Anne Chapman Audio for providing us with this podcast theme tune.